Good morning, everybody. I am excited about our Easter weekend services. It's going to be amazing. Uh, I know that uh, over the last uh, couple of years with COVID and everything like that, it has caused uh, uh, a little bit of change in how church is done and all. But uh, that Friday night, as uh, Jen just said, we're going to be receiving communion, family communion service, and a special service. Really, it's geared for the believer. Really, um, Good Friday is for the believer to remember what Jesus did for us in his death and his burial. And, and we identify with that. And then, then Easter Sunday, it's for the believer, but it's for the non-believer as well that we can experience salvation. Amen, everybody? So, so come on. Don't, don't pick and choose. We will encourage you. Be with us for both services, Good Friday at 6.30, and then also on Sunday morning, Easter Sunday. I want to encourage you to invite a friend. You know, these uh, the advertisement that was up there, that'll be electronically on Facebook and on social media, on, on, on social media with Instagram as well, and you'll be able to just send that to your friends, invite them to come hang out with you at church while we celebrate, come on, the death the burial, and then the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Come on, come on, that's good news. Come on, we can clap a little bit about that. And then, yeah, we've got some cool stuff coming up here. Then right after that, we'll be having a water baptism on May 1st. So if you haven't been water baptized, you need to be water baptized. We'll talk just a little bit about that today in the message. And then May 8th, Mother's Day is going to be cool because we do a child dedication on May 8th. So you, all, you parents and grandparents that have kids like that in church, you all be thinking about that. Hey, we're on a series of lessons. Been on it for, for the last four weeks. This is our fifth week, our fifth installment. We've got uh, one more, maybe two more after this. Uh, we're really talking about this thought, how we can make a great church, how, how we can have a great church, how we can be a part of a great church. And, and by way of reminder, I say this every week, been saying it for weeks now, is that I believe we do have a great church. Come on, that'd be a good place to clap your hands right there. Yeah, we got a great church. Uh, and it's not just great because Sunday morning we come and, we, and, and the, the worship is great and you're great and we got cool coffee out there and little umbrellas. Uh, uh, the, it's great because of the people. Ch ch church is about people, not a building. Come on, the Bible actually tells us that, that you know, we say this, we go to church. Let, let's go to church. But the Bible's really clear. You and I are the church. Come on. We don't go to the temple, if you will. Paul says, now you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. God dwells in you. So, so yeah, I mean, we get it. We call this place the church, but we do church. Come on, Monday through, come on, Monday through Monday. Come on, everybody. We just do church when we leave this building. We take church with us. And so I want to encourage you again this morning how we can have a great church, keep having a great church. Here's our key scripture we've been looking at from the book of Matthew chapter 22. Someone came to Jesus and they said this in Matthew chapter 22. Teacher, which of the great commandment, you know, what is the great commandment in the law? What's the greatest thing that the law tells us to do? And Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He said, this is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then he just says, these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Everything that Jesus said, the, the, the Old Testament scriptures are really summarized in these two scriptures. Love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mark uses the word strength. And then, and then he says, you need to love your neighbor as yourself. So for the last several weeks, We've been talking about if we're going to have a great church, we got to do these two things. Number one, we got to be, number one, committed individually to love God. Love God passionately. Lo 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 love God devotedly. Come on, we can love God greater, we talked about. We, we, we need to have a greater love for God than we do our own families. 
it means that the love I have for my wife, the love I have for my children, the love personally I have for my grandchildren pales in comparison to the love I have for God. How I sacrifice for my family, how I sacrifice for Kimberly, how I sacrifice for my kids and, and provided for them and got them some cars and, of course, clothes and food and all that normal stuff and, and provided education, college education. All of that pales in comparison, pales in comparison to my love and my devotion and my sacrifice for God. That's what he says. It's how we love God. And then, then he says he doesn't stop there. Then he says... We need to love our neighbor as ourselves. How do we love ourselves? How do we take care of ourselves? How do we comfort ourselves? How do we minister to ourselves? How do we how do we bless ourselves? Jesus said, "If you're going to fulfill and have a, if you're going to have a great church, if you're going to have a great life, if you're going to be a great believer, you need to do the same to the people you encounter." the people that God's put in your realm of influence, and maybe not even in your realm of influence, maybe all around the world and into different places like the Ukraine or different tragedies that go on or people, as Jen said, at Rosebank Elementary that you don't know anybody over there maybe, but you sacrifice because there might be somebody that needs a Thanksgiving meal or a kid that might need some tennis shoes. And so you've got a little extra. And so you say, I'm going to love them since God's loved me. Come on, somebody say amen right there. That's how we're going to have a great church. But, that, but there's more. That's, not where, that, that's where the foundation is, and that's where, that's where it begins, and that's where it starts. But that's not where it ends because there's more. We know we read last week, and we, so this is kind of where we, we've tagged on this addendum, if you will, to the message is that in Mark chapter 16, but also Matthew chapter 28, those last words that Jesus said before he left the earth are known as the Great Commission. He gave the church, he gave us, he gave his disciples really his marching orders to, to, to make lasting change in the earth, and he gave them a Great Commission. Jesus didn't call it the Great Commission. Man has called it the Great Commission, and I've just added that into our message series today because I really believe that if we're going to love God and we're going to love our neighbors to self, we're going to have to do this because Jesus said this is what's going to be, uh, this is what your life and the church is going to be known for after I leave this earth. So let's pick it up one more time in Matthew chapter 20, 28. Right before he left, Jesus came to his disciples and said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And then he said this, go. Number one, go. Go therefore and do something. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Aren't you glad Jesus said, I'm still going to be with you even to the end of the age? Come on, that's just good news. So, so last week, we, we looked at this first element about what Jesus said here about how we're going to have a great church and we're going to fulfill this great commission. He said, you're going to have to go. And we talked about last week, if we're going to be a great church, we have got to be a people that are committed to evangelism. We've got to be a people that are committed to reaching the people around us in our realm of influence. The people, number one, our family, our friends, our coworkers, possibly our neighbors that are around us, people that we do life with, people that are in our realm of influence, soccer moms, 
uh, uh, baseball dads, uh, 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 moms that have your girls over here at Nisha's Dance School in Eastlake or, or wherever you take your kids. Uh, you meet and you mingle with people around you. Use that. Use that as you go to be a, a, a part of your ongoing evangelistic ministry. You don't have to pass out business cards. You can just be kind. You can be loving. You can be including. When you hear their drama, you say, can I pray for you? Come on, somebody. And as you develop relationship with them over, over a while, you can say, hey, we're having a great Easter celebration. Come on, on April 17th, why don't you come to church with me? Well, come, come on. We got a great kids ministry in Spectrum Kids downstairs. The kids will love it. We got some grass out here. No one's clapping. Come on, somebody. Come on. This is how we reach people. It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be, be, look, you're a wreck. You're a train wreck. You're messed up. You need Jesus. Most people aren't going to be real receptive with that, right? All right. All right. So we actually said this, the, 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 the purpose of our church, we said this, is that Spectrum Church exists so that people far away from God will know God, number one, and grow in God. We want people to know God. That's the go. And then we'll talk about this, you know, for the next couple of weeks. We want people to grow in God. Knowing God is amazing. Knowing God is amazing. But I know a lot of people that know God and their lives are still a train wreck. They know God. They know Jesus is Lord, but they can't get free from their hookups, their hangups, their breakups, their mess-ups, their disappointments, their frustrations. They're, they're still living like everybody who's living that doesn't know him. So there's got to be more than just knowing him or saying a prayer at the end of a service. There's got to be an ongoing relationship that me and you have with him and that we have with other people that get us further down the road than when we began. Come on, somebody say amen right there. So here we go. Here's where we're going to go today. So come on, hang on to your seat. Here's where we're going to go, go, go today. So for us to be a great church, for us to be a, a church and a people uh, that fulfill the Great Commission, we have to be committed to fellowship. Now, I'm going to break this down because I'm going to go in a way maybe you're not thinking this morning, and we're going to talk about it based on the second thing that Jesus told us. He said to us and told us in this great commission, he said, go into all the world, and he said, make disciples. Go into all the world, go into all the nations, and make disciples. Make disciples. Remember what he said next? He said, baptize them. Baptize them. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, and we say this, when we baptize people, we baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Come on, we just covered everything. Come on, everybody. We just covered it all. Because just by the way, baptism isn't a formula that gets you connected to him. How you get baptized doesn't save you or not save you. It's an outward show of an inward work. So, 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 so. Baptism, baptism is a symbol of incorporation into the body. Baptism is a symbol of incorporation in the body. Baptism, water baptism says, I am now beginning a life of fellowship with Jesus, with God, with the Holy Spirit, and I am beginning a life of fellowship with different 
kind of people than I used to be associated with. I'm no longer only going to have fellowship with the brothers and sisters down at the bar because my life was going down in darkness at the bar. I'm no longer just going to have association with the dudes at the club because my life was being in fellowship and I'm doing club activities. I now am saying I am incorporated into Christ and I'm going to be incorporated into a body that's moving in different direction and my fellowship will now completely be changed. Yeah. So if you haven't been water baptized, May 1st, that's your time. That's your time. If you haven't had a significant water baptism, we said, if you haven't had a, if you got sprinkled, you need to get dunked. Come on, somebody. You need to get everything under the water. <laughs> so, so we say this in, in our growth track, you know, next month on growth track, step one, come on, hang out with us on the first Sunday of, of, of the month. But we say this concerning water baptism is this, is that water baptism is a public outward declaration of what happened to you internally in your spirit. One more time, listen to me. Water baptism does not save you. Making Jesus the Lord of your life saves you. Water baptism says, I am now identifying with him, and I'm, a, I'm proud to talk about it, and I'm gonna identify with the body of Christ. I, come on, come on, somebody. Listen, I like football. Listen, I like football. I, I'm a football fan, college football fan, uh, an NFL football fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of all kinds of sports, but can I tell you something? I do not have one pro or college jersey. I do not, listen, I'm not rabid. I don't know, I don't go crazy when my team don't win. I don't have sleepless nights. I, I, I don't call my friends and talk about the game religiously. I, I might get a little frothed about it. I might get a little bit agitated with it because that's just who I am. But, but I, don't, I don't think about it. I don't wonder about it. I don't, I don't cry about it. I, I don't get drunk about it. I don't get high about it. But let me tell you something that does move me, not to drinking or or, or, or cursing or, or drugs, but something that does move me is what happens in the body of Christ. I got the jersey. Come on, somebody. I've been incorporated. Yeah. So, so the apostle Paul says this, and he tells us, and he writes that you are now baptized into Christ. You're baptized. You're identified with him. You're incorporated with him, and now you're baptized into Christ. We could say the analogy would be something like this, that when you're born, your earthly walk, when you were born, you were born into your parents. You were born into their family. And you had no choice when you were young who your parents were. We all know that. We all know that. But when you were, you started being, you were being formed and you could start walking, you could start talking. You know, of course, earlier, you took on your parents' last name. No choosing for you. It was chosen for you. Where they went, you went. What they did, you did. How they communicated, you started communicating. What they ate, you ate. You were incorporated with them. You and your siblings. Now, that can take on uh, 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 negative effects, 
But when we're looking at the positive effects about what God does in the analogy now of now we're baptized into the body of Christ, now we identify with his name. Now we identify with his spirit. Now we identify with his love. Now we identify with his wisdom. Now we identify with his peace. Now we identify with his word. Now we identify with his victory. Come on, everybody. Now we identify with his purpose. My whole life changed. I was the weird dude. Listen, I was the weird guy. Because when, when, when I got saved and filled with the Spirit in the middle of July, July 2nd, 1980, my life was revolutionarized, changed, that word. <laughs> I was completely changed. I went from dark to light. I went from hanging out. There. Listen, that, that, was a, that was a Friday night. Uh, come on, I, I, I completely changed. Come Saturday, I no longer did what I did on Friday. Listen to me. What I did on Friday was no, it was in the grave. It was in the tomb. The door was shut. The chains were around it. Houdini couldn't get out of that. No, I was a different person. Totally changed. And my whole focus now was that I was incorporated into the body of Christ. Now I have fellowship with him and I got fellowship with some other folks with skin on that I didn't think I had anything in common with. That were going a different direction. They were happy, but they were kind of strange. Come on, somebody. Uh, uh, but but I, I, I started doing life with them and, I, and my whole life began to be changed because of a direction towards God, uh, but a direction that God put me towards other people. Come on. Listen, so, so, so when, when, when you're born again, you're born into the family of God. So, so baptism says, says, I'm one of you. Baptism says, I'm one of you. Baptism says, I'm ready to grow. Baptism says, I'm ready to serve. Baptism says, I, I want to be a part of this. I, I, I got the jersey. Come on. I'm part of the team. Put me in the game, coach. I don't, come on, I don't want to sit on the sideline. I want to be a part. You, you mean I get to sacrifice for this? Do you, do you really mean I get to sacrifice for what Jesus did for me? You're kidding me. You let me give to your kingdom and be blessed because of it? You let me serve and come up early and be a part of this? Come on, come on, spin that record, baby. Come on, change that dial. God lets you be part of his kingdom. He could have called us slaves, but he doesn't call us slaves. He calls us his children, loved by the Father. You get, you have my name. Now you have fellowship with me, and y'all can have some fellowship with one another that just pales in comparison to anything you have in this life. Come on, I'm preaching way better than you, amen, but that's okay. Y'all listen real good. Y'all listening real good. Got a new identity. Got a new lifestyle. Got a new focus. Got a new purpose. Old man's dead. Old man's buried. He wants to come out of the grave a couple times, but I got to keep him under, and I got to keep his purpose and my fellowship with him as priority. I got to love the Lord my God. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. I got to love my neighbor as myself. But I got to make sure I'm doing this great commission. I'm going and being used by God and influencing the people around me to let my light shine, be salt and light everywhere I go. 
then part of my life is, is I, I, you know, normal folk, come on, like most of us, right? We're not out baptizing people. Like, you need to be baptized. Come on down to, you know, uh, Imperial Beach. And we're going to dip. Uh, come on, that, that's a church thing. That's a church thing. But, but we're going to be a part of this thing so that the people we love, the people we're with, that they get new kinds of fellowship with him and with this thing called the body of Christ. New identity. New lifestyle. I want that for everybody around me, and I, I trust you do as well. I trust you do as well. So, so being, we, we say this, uh, and it's not exactly right. So let me just encourage you, a, a thought that we need to maybe embrace and keep growing, is that believe, being a believer in Jesus Christ, it, it's good. Being a Christian is good. It, it's just not enough. Listen to me. You need to be a belonger with other people. This is what the local church is all about. Every believer needs to be a belonger. A belonger means I have fellowship. I have fellowship with God. I'm going to have fellowship with other people. Listen, no one successfully does life alone. COVID proved that. COVID proved that. Many of, my, many of my friends, pastoral friends, many of people that I look to, listen to me, are no longer in ministry. Because COVID and crazy thinking and stuff the devil used messed them up. Isolation is a curse. It's not a blessing. We have to fight for fellowship. Amen. Let me encourage you. Fellowship isn't after church out here hanging out and drinking, you know, Nitro Monkey coffee. <laughs> and I love Nitro Monkey coffee. And just saying, hey, hey, how you doing? Hey. That's not fellowship. That's just being a person. Fellowship takes us deeper. Fellowship takes us deeper. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18. Check this out. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18. But now, now, right now, for all time, God has set the members, each one of everybody, each one of them, what's he done? He sets them in the body just as he pleased. I didn't get a chance to choose. You didn't get a chance to choose. When you said yes to him, God says, I've graced you. I've gifted you. I put talent in you. I put ability in you. And I'm going to place you in a body. I'm going to set you in a body. Each one. Each one. So anybody that says, I don't have anything to give, you're mistaken. And you're shortchanging yourself. And let me tell you something. You're shortchanging me. You're shortchanging us. Because we all need you to be who God gifted and graced you to be. If we're going to be successful. So listen to me. Can I say this real bold with a lot of teeth? Quit ripping us off. <laughs> we want you to be you. So would you be who God's called you to be and begin fellowshipping the way God wants you fellowshipping? 
just as he pleased. So he's got, we please God when we realize I'm a part of his body and how he's placed me is going to be unique to me, but is yet going to bring increase to other people. Listen, if God puts you here, he has fellowship with you here. If God puts you here, he has fellowship for you here. I believe the best friends, I say it this way, I believe some, if not the best friends you should have are right here in the local church. Where you just do life with. You, you, they, they weep with you when you're weeping. They rejoice with you when you're rejoicing. Come on, you, 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 you go through something like we all go through something. Come on, everybody. And you know who you can lean on for real, for real. Right? That's fellowship. That's part of what fellowship is all about. Uh, look at this great, great scripture in Romans 12. It's all throughout the New Testament. Paul talked about it because it was just revolutionary to the people he was talking with 2,000 years ago. In Romans chapter 12, look at this. Out. He says, each part, this is me, this is you. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole. <laughs> I got a part, I got me. It's just me and Jesus. Mm -mm, that's not what the Bible says. Nope. Your meaning is going to come when the person next to you is functioning in their meaning. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole. Nobody wins by themselves. If you're winning by, them, by yourself, number one, you're fooling yourself because God's got other people around you that help you get to where you're at. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each one of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. You can't find your own meaning unless you're connected in his body. You don't find your meaning in school. You don't find your meaning in the PhD program. You don't find your meaning in, in, in preschool. You find your meaning, your purpose in life when God connects you in the body. You're baptized. You're identifying with this death, burial, and resurrection. An outward show of an inward work. And then now I'm baptized into Christ. I'm baptized, thank God, into Jesus himself and into the local church. I've got fellowship with him. I've got fellowship with other people. And the more I'm around him, I find my true meaning. And the more I'm around you, I find my true meaning. It's not either or. It's both and. Come on, everybody. Clap real good there. Yeah, it's just me and Jesus. No, that's not what the Bible says. It's not just you and the Bible and Jesus and your kumbaya song. No, 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 no. I need you. You need me. We're part of this thing called the body, the body of Christ. And so for you, for your physical body to function properly. Look at this now. For your physical body to function properly. I think we'll have it there. Maybe not. So for your physical body to function properly, it, it was designed, it, it was designed by God to be, look at this, interconnected and interdependent on all the parts joining and supplying their part. So in my physical body, my lungs do something my heart can't do. My kidney does something my small intestine can't do. <laughs> My blood vessels do something the bones in my feet can't do. It's all interconnected, 
and it's all interdependent on all the parts joining and supplying their part. It's all part of this, this process in our physical body. And it's all part of the same in fellowship that God has for you and me in the spiritual body. And the, the, the devil, again, going back to COVID and everything, the devil, you know, whether, you know, I'm not saying the devil necessarily caused all that and what I'm not going to debate with all that. But I'm just simply saying is that it proved to us that being disconnected messes up your body. Being disconnected messes up your feeling, your emotions, your thinking. Being disconnected and isolated messes up the, just the fellowship that you once had. It's not God's purpose. He wants you baptized into, the, into him and also in great, great fellowship with a local church. So you have to continually fight for that. I believe it now more than ever is that no one grows spiritually by themselves. I might have fought you over this with maybe 25, 30 years ago, that it could just be you, Jesus, come on, a good hymnal, if that's where you're at, or Spotify with some good Christian music. A couple of good books, good Christian books, you'd be okay. Listen to me, you, you, you might think you're okay, but you will be susceptible to deception, to crazy thoughts, that if you are in fellowship with other people, listen to me, they can get around you and go, man, brother, you smell a little bit different today. What, 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 what'd you say? What, what did I just hear you say? That's not what the Bible says. That's not God's purpose for your life. But while you're by yourself, the devil will trick you into thinking you okay. You okay? It's okay. It's okay if you want to think that, be that, do that, have that lifestyle. And think about that thought. Think about that person that way or have that extra thing on the side of your marriage or what. It's okay. The devil is a master. He's been studying humankind for centuries. Listen, he knows your weakness. You need a brother or a sister around you to go, you just took a cray-cray pill right now. Come on, come on. I don't, have y'all watched some stuff on, on, I don't know if on IG or what the big thing is, but they've got guys now, and I saw gals too. They, they got this little, like a little, little table right here, like right here, and they stand across from each other, and they've got a thing. It's like, it's like almost like a, a, you're going to do arm wrestling, and they hold this little deal right here, and they got chalk on their hand, and they slap the tar out of each other and see if they can handle it or they get knocked out. Y'all seen that? It's amazing. Pull it up on YouTube. It's crazy to sit there. Whack! You know? And, and I'm telling you, this is what the devil's trying to do. Just whack you so hard that you just lose consciousness and not, not and just thinking crazy thoughts. Just thinking crazy thoughts. That, that this, is the, this is what I, my life should be directed toward. This is, this is what I need in my life. But you've got a strong brother or sister. Come, come on. They'll, they'll lay hands on you. Cast the devil out of you. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like what Rick Warren says, Saddleback Church up here the road here in, in uh, um, uh, you know, up here in Orange County. He said the church is a body. It's a body, not a building. It's an organism, not an organization. It's an organiz- organism. It's alive. Church, church is alive. Come on, church is a living thing. Um, there, there's, there's interconnection constantly. And so Paul says, if you're, if you're going to be a great church, we're saying, if you're going to be a great church, 
We're going to love God, love other people. We're going to, we're going to go. We're going to do evangelism. But we're, we're going to have some fellowship. We're going to have some deep fellowship. Deep fellowship with him in prayer, word, course, but, but fellowship with one another. We're going, to do, we're going to do life together with one another. Come on, we read a couple more scriptures here. Ephesians chapter 4, the voice translation. I like this. Again, he's saying the same thing over and over. I'm just trying to get it to you in different ways. He, God, joins. He joins, and he holds together the whole body. So what's God doing? He's going to join you, and he's going to hold it together. The whole body with his ligaments providing the support needed so that each part works. Every part works. Every part's got a job. To do its proper design, the proper design God put inside you, to form a healthy, growing, and mature body that builds itself up in love. I love those words. A healthy, growing, and mature body that builds itself up in love. So after you're in the family, God says, I'm glad you're in the family. I'm so, I'm so glad you're in the family. But let me just come here. Can I talk to you? If you're 14 and we're still changing your diapers, I got a problem. You need to stop that. And, and, and you know, it was really cute when you were 15 months old and you had that temper tantrum over there and we just laugh. But you're 55 now and we're just going to kind of ask you, you need to grow up and stop that. Everything's not going to go your way, honey. And you need to grow up. And can I tell you, some fellowship will get real and some fellowship will get strong. And you need to have some strong men and women in your life, not a bunch of sissies that will be able to say, you need to straighten up because you're about to wreck your marriage. And I, I, I've been watching the way you talk to your son who's 14, and you're about to break his spirit, and he's about to cuss you out, and you better watch out because when he's 18, he's leaving, and he's never going to see you. And believe me, you might think it's good now, but your heart's going to break shortly after that. So I'm, I'm going to help you as a brother. Let me talk real with you. Come on, somebody. We're in fellowship. We're in fellowship. We're in fellowship. In fellowship, we grow as a body into his likeness. We, we, we do it individually. Again, the, 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 the similitudes, I, I do it individually, more and more like Jesus. But the more we're connected, the more we as a local church have a great church that looks more and more like Jesus. Uh, how, how the early church changed the world is just amazing. How they, how they grew is, is crazy. Just how they grew. You know, 3,000 people, and there was 5,000 people, and, and there was persecution and all kinds of stuff. And, and they had this thing. Listen, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it tells us this simplistic four-step model, if you will, how they did it. How this church kept growing. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says this. They continued steadfastly. They, they, they didn't, look at those words. They continued. If that was enough, that'd be good. But they continued steadfastly. In what? In the apostles' doctrine, number one, teaching, 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 teaching. Hearing the word of God being taught. And fellowship, fellowship, hanging out, doing life together. Breaking the bread. Of course, communion, but they ate together. Come on, how many know when you got taco juice hanging down your lip and, and, and come on, and, and you're, drinking a, you're drinking a Mexican Coke. Come on, somebody, ain't nothing like a Mexican Coke. There's Coke, Coke, but there's Mexican Coke. How many know you can, you can, you can talk some real, come on, somebody help me out there. Come on, 
Yeah, I got a Mexican Coke the other day that was $5 and it was worth it, let me tell you. I don't know what they're doing with them, but it was amazing. It was like I was drinking it, speaking in tongues. It was amazing. <laughs> they continued steadfastly in teaching, fellowship. Look at this, breaking of bread, communion, but eating, come on, and praying. This is how they changed the world. They did life together. They came to church together. They heard the word together. They grew together. They ate together. They went to their kids' graduations together. They, 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 they called them at the middle of the night and they said, I need some help up in here. I'm about to lose my mind. And, and the people they were in fellowship with hung out with them and prayed them into victory. They did life together. Come on, everybody. This is the church. This is what we're a part of. This is called fellowship. Let me wind you down. Wound you up, let me wind you down. I don't like this scripture too much because it's so true. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, a person sharpens the character of his friend. Listen to me. You can't get sharp by yourself. You can get so sharp, you can get a little sharp, but you can't get sharp like God wants. Just as iron sharpens iron, a person, another person. This person will be your spouse if you're married. Your spouse, part of their job is to sharpen you, and it's going to hurt. You're going to have friends in your life that they're gifting, their grace, God put them in your life, is to sharpen you. They're going to sharpen your character. Your character. Do you have anybody in your life that is in fellowship with you that you could say, this person makes me a better person? I don't always like it. I'm in a small group. They say something, and I kind of, whoo. God puts people in your life. He adds people to your life. So you will grow in health, you will grow spiritually, you will grow influentially, and you will mature. We expect our kids to grow and their bodies and their bones to grow, but somehow, somehow we've drunk the Kool-Aid that I can stay the same way I am when I met Jesus 18 years ago and God and everybody else is okay with it. My bones have grown to maturity. I'm 6'2 and a quarter, 6'2 and a half, a little taller with boots on today. I ain't growing no more. I'm not growing anymore. The bones in my body are done. I might be able to add a little sinew, a little muscle, a little muscle, but generally at my age, and some of y'all know, generally that, that's on the decline a little bit. But I've reached maturity. My brain, my mind can keep growing. My experiences can keep growing. My reach can keep growing, helping other people. But physically, I'm done. I'm done. But my spirit can keep growing. Be alive. Be strong. Believe God. Help other people. Not grow old and cranky and dusty and just, just, just nat negative attitude and, ah, this guy and that guy and the government and, ah, and you know, and, ah, and to hell with everybody. Oh, you're going to be an old cranky grandma and grandpa and nobody's going to want to be with you. 
let's have fellowship. Get around some people to go, man, you, 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 you just took a nasty pill. Why don't you stop taking that thing every morning? Why don't you put the nasty pill down every day? Why don't you take the joy pill? <laughs> let's change that. And fellowship. I'm going to hear some stuff. Maybe I don't want to hear. Fellowship, let me give you a couple thoughts here. In fellowship, number one, you're going to go farther. You're going to go farther in fellowship. You can't sharpen yourself. can't sharpen yourself. <laughs> I need somebody to sharpen me. So they're going to get around. They're going to say something to me. Some pastors, some peers, you know, board members. They're going to say something. Whoa, wow. Ooh. But okay, I'm going to get some sharp. I'm going to get sharper. I'm going to be sharper. You know, I, I, um, your life is going to make a bigger impact if you'll get into fellowship with people. One can chase 1,000, two can chase 10,000. I'm going to get involved with some other people and get in fellowship because I, I, want, I, want to have a, I want to have a different influence in my life, a different impact in my life. In fellowship, you, you're going to go faster. You're, you're going to go faster in fellowship. God asked Jeremiah, Prophet Jeremiah, crazy question. He says, uh, 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 you know, if you're tired running with the footmen, how are you going to keep up with the horses? I got horses for you to ride with. I got horses for you to run next to. Your pace needs to pick up, buddy. You're too slow. You're too sluggish. You're too easy on yourself. You need to run faster. You're going faster in fellowship. I don't need a bunch of people around me going, oh, you're great. Oh, Saturday, yesterday, you rode 70 miles with these little skinny people. You're great. Oh, man, look. Oh, you're cool. You and Kimberly, oh, y'all are great. I, I did get some people around me go, you know, you're just a little loser, you know. Not quite, but, you know. <laughs> if you think that's good, look at the dude who was 80. Who, come on. I'm just saying there's always got to be some people in your life that prod you to believe God and do something greater. You're going to become fulfilled in fellowship. Fulfilled in fellowship. Fellowship is going to encourage you. Fellowship is going to strengthen you. Fellowship, you're going to get on the right group. You're going to get a chance to believe God for greater things, bigger things, farther things, farther reach in your life. Listen, I believe this with all my heart. You're going to get healed up quicker in fellowship. Quicker. You, you, you got some stuff in your life that needs to be healed? I don't, I don't see too many people who are isolated get healed too quick. You get healed in fellowship with God, but with other people as well. And just lastly, I just say this, fellowship feeds your spirit. Fellowship feeds your spirit. Man, it just, it, it, it strengthens you. You're, you're, you know, you're here at church, but then maybe out there in the patio and, and a friend in a small group and, and you're hearing something. It just, it just is the right word at the right time. I can't tell you, listen, the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times I've been on the telephone with somebody in the church or a pastor friend and I, we, we just talking and maybe we're encouraged, maybe we're just speaking and I'm just listening or I, or I think I'm giving something. All of a sudden somebody will say something to me and went, whoo. That's exactly what I needed to hear. God just dropped a God word. Gave me exactly what I needed. Are you a believer? Good, good, good. Going to heaven. Now you need to be a belonger. Baptized into his body. Baptized into fellowship with one another.
This is what's going to change the world. This is, this is what's going to change us. This is going to make us continue to grow and not be stuck. And not to just grow old and be, just be Christians and solo by ourselves, but, but connected with other people that are making a great change and doing something great in a city or a nation. Come on, there, there, there's world changers right, right, right around us in church every Sunday. People that are doing amazing things that maybe you never heard of. People that are taking, taking a stand for God. and You need to get in fellowship with one another. You need to get connected with one another. And, and, and if you're, if, forgive me, but if, if you're online, come on, come on, hang out with us. But if you're in the building as well and, and you're just here, then, then you bolt out. Now, I know if you're checking out church, that's all cool. But, but, but if you kind of just say, this is my church, then, then you need to just put down some roots and just, and just start doing life together. Because God's going to change you in the context of fellowship with one another. He's got something for you to give, and he's got something for you to receive. Believe me, there will be a planting, a growing, a watering, an increasing, and you'll start seeing the fruit of your life grow more and more when you come in fellowship. Paul says, or excuse me, John says this, I'll close with this. John, great writer, he tells us in, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, he says, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship, check it out. Look what he says, with one another. Isn't it interesting that he says that? He didn't even say we have fellowship with God. He assumed you have fellowship with God if you're walking in the light. If we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It's really interesting to me the dynamics of this scripture is that there's something about me as a believer walking in the light God gave me. He's in the light, but me walking in the light, the power of his word, the authority of his word, that's going to bring me now into fellowship with you and you with others. And when I'm in fellowship with you, look what he says. And he connects the blood of Jesus Christ. Starts flowing in this fellowship. And we start realizing that we're children of God. We're forgiven for our sin. We start realizing more and more who we are in Christ. Come on, he's the first, the last. He's the beginning, the end. He's the bright morning star. He's the everlasting father. Glory to God. All things are possible with him in this context of fellowship. Glory to God. The blood of Jesus just starts working. More and more light. More and more revelation. More and more insight in this fellowship that we have, that I can be open and transparent and vulnerable. I don't have to wear a mask and I, I, I can come out of the darkness and, and I'm in the light and walking in the light is ensuring me of a future pathway of spiritual maturity where I can keep growing and I can keep being and develop into who God wants me to be. Listen to me. If you're not water baptized, you need to be water baptized coming up the first Sunday in May. If you are water baptized, you need to start taking next steps continually in growth track and connecting with the local church here at Spectrum and, and amping up your fellowship. Because believe me, the days ahead, if we thought it was dark the last couple of years, the days ahead are going to keep getting darker. And you need to be people that stay connected with others around you so they keep you walking in the light. Can you say amen? Come on, amen, amen, amen. Come on, it'd be a good place to clap our hands right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.